Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Will the Bucks sign a veteran running back before it's all said and done? And will Tristan Wirfs, the rookie from Iowa, eventually replace Donovan Smith at left tackle? And why do the Bucks keep drafting safeties year after year? We've got all those mailbag questions and more answered 100% correctly on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. All right, so we were only able to get to uh, just a couple mailbag questions on yesterday's podcast, and we got a bunch more, of course, plenty about the Bucks and others. So uh, I'm ready to get to it, Steve. All right, well, we'll start with Darren, who sent in a question. He said, What's the possibility that Tom Brady will purposely throw a pick six in his first offensive play just to keep up the tradition? <laughs> uh, I don't think it'll be intentional. And, uh, you know, really, when you think about it, Jameis Winston and Tom Brady ended the season the same way. Mm-hmm. They both threw pick sixes to end games. And in Brady's case, it was his career in uh, New England. And in Jameis's case, his career in Tampa Bay. So, Career-ending pick sixes is what they're all both trying to bounce back from. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, no, I don't think it'll be intentional. Of course, in, in Jameis's case, Brady would be trying to live it in reverse because Jameis's first pass as a buck, as you remember, uh, I think Cody Senzabaugh from the Titans took that back for a touchdown. His first and last pass passes in Tampa Bay were pick sixes, and you could not make that up. I mean, I sat there – at that Atlanta game in the final game of the regular season, of course, it shouldn't come down to um, overtime. But when when he threw the pick six, knowing that his first pass against Marcus Mariota's Titans was the same, I just I looked at I think Greg Allman or Tom Jones or not well, it wasn't Tom because he was at Pointer, but John Romano or somebody said you could not have had a a worse and yet perfect symmetry to a guy's career if that's the last throw he makes in Tampa Bay. And it was. And and it wasn't that surprising that it was his last throw, to me anyway. I really um, – two weeks earlier I'd have told you, and I, and I wrote that I think he's back after the 458-yard or 456-yard game at Detroit um, with the four touchdowns and whatnot. But uh, the, the last two games just got had that feel to it. And to that, you know, in fact, I think my lead was remember this image. You know, remember this picture of him – uh, walking off, you know, after throwing a, a pick six and, and, and losing another game. And, and uh, certainly Bruce Arians remembered it. So um, as for Brady, yeah, he got he got one tipped up in the air and, and they brought one back in the playoff. Or uh, I guess it was a playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it and was. And they lost. That's how, yeah, that's uh, how the so, season ended. Yeah, and that's how his career his career ended there. But now I, I think, uh, you know, Brady's under under over – I think somebody set it at ten and a half for interceptions, and his career average is about nine point four. So, if you consider he's around average for his career, he's not going to throw more than ten interceptions all year. All year, that's twenty less than Jameis Winston a year ago. Yeah, I was in the press box for that final throw against Atlanta, and it was—you could almost—it was a gasp at first, and then it was almost laughter. 
and, and not yeah. not laughing at, but it not was just kind of way. like yeah. you couldn't have scripted this any different, like, any oh better. I mean, if Hollywood was yeah. scripting this ending. Yeah, no one would come on. And especially like, if that was his last game in, in Tampa Bay, which we didn't know that for certain at that point. But right. it was almost like you, Hollywood couldn't have scripted it better. And it was just right. it was kind of a, it, you know, it was just a all the writers and, and the rest of the people in the press box kind of going, wow. you got to be kidding. It was kind of a, <laughs> you got to be kidding. Like, you know what I mean? It was the symmetry of suck, basically, is what it came down to. All right, Michael asks, do you see the Bucks signing a veteran running back, or are they planning to stick with who they have? You know, I, I don't see it now. Uh, you never say never, obviously, but I, I do think that they are uh, really happy with what they're run, the way their running back situation sets up. And, you know, we saw Ronald Jones, um, his rookie year was a disaster, so nothing he did that year uh, really – uh, amounted to anything so he was bound to have a bounce back of some kind and he did he he led the team in rushing still not a thousand yards but you know five touchdowns and um got better as year went on he caught like 30 passes mostly in the screen game still has room to go as a blocker but they really they still like his explosiveness they thought he ran harder um he's been working out really hard i've seen a lot of videos of him trying to catch passes and do different things and then you add to him and this guy i'm telling you folks Keep your eyes on Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt because, you know, they had a chance to get J.K. Dobbins and decided instead, um, you know, to take the safety, uh, Antoine Winfield from Minnesota. And, you know, a guy that had like 6,000 yards, right, at Ohio State and rushed for 2,000 a year ago. There are guys on that scouting staff and in the front office that will tell they thought Vaughn was better than Dobbins. And, you know, Vaughn is a guy that uh, actually his first year played for Lovey Smith, um, went to Illinois, mm-hmm. and ended up transferring there to Vanderbilt. And um, I, I just know that a lot of teams had him rated about where the Bucks did, fairly high, uh, and, and, and they like his makeup as much as his talent because he's one of these guys that's a little under the radar. I mean, when you play at Vanderbilt, first of all, you know, that that's the old we used to laugh and say you know that's the game at noon on Jefferson Pilot right you got Vanderbilt against somebody mm-hmm. and uh, and and you, you you know but you're still you're in the SEC I mean this is the thing you know you're playing Georgias and Alabamas and Floridas and 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 these kinds of teams every week and you know right now at least they're sort of the uh, they're the seller of that of that group and Vaughn was pretty much all they had and yet his production was really really good. Um, I, I just think people are going to like this guy. He's got the prototypical size, you know, 5'9", 5'10", 210, you know, 215 pounds or whatever. Um, but he's explosive, and, um, and and he can catch the ball. He's a three-down back. I think I think he could replace Jones, to be honest with you, as their starter. Um, I think they'll both play. I think in today's NFL, you need more than one. Uh, maybe Jones is more the inside um, you know, short yardage type guy, but this guy can move the pile too. He's got some power and and some speed and and an ability to make guys miss. And so, I think with Brady, um, you're going to see this guy involved an awful lot in the passing game, and that's why I think he's going to be on the field. And you know, Brady has thrown. I think he's he's had over a hundred completions to running backs his last five years. Each of his last five years, a hundred completions. So he likes to check the ball down. Doesn't mean he won't go deep, but it does mean that he gets it out of his hand and he's going to keep the chains moving. So 
Um, you know, both those running backs will be involved, but I think Vaughn will be involved more. And then they got Dari Agumbawale, who they like, who was their third down back a year ago. I think he's mostly going to be on special teams if everything goes right. Um, but he is still a guy you can bring in on third down if you need him to. And so um, those will be the three primary guys. There'll be some others, but to spend – first of all, they don't have any salary cap room. I don't, I don't know there's a ton of free agents or veterans that are still out there. And, again, injuries are always a big part of it. Um, but but uh, that, that's sort of the way I think they're going to go. Anthony asked, do you think the Bucks will sign Clay Matthews, yes or no? I'm going to say no. Um, and I'm only going to say no. I think it makes perfect sense because they, they definitely have um, you know, very little depth uh, as far as edge rushers go. And, and certainly Clay Matthews is the, you know, the, that veteran guy, right, that you could bring in if you don't ask him to play too many snaps that can give um, JPP and or Shaq Barrett, you know, some some plays off, and, and because both those guys uh, will need it. I mean, I don't know that Shaq Barrett's going to come off the field a lot, but JPP, you know, he he's 31 years old, and, and he played, what, 10 games last year, and I think the fact that he wound up missing the first six probably helped him, probably helped him keep his legs fresh throughout the year. Um, but you need you need to take some, some of those reps off, and if you have injuries, they really don't have a ton of guys. Anthony Nelson, the rookie from Iowa a year ago, he was saddled with injuries. You hope he comes back, but they could use an edge rusher. And so for that reason, I keep hearing Clay Matthews just seems to me like if they were going to do it, they would have pulled the trigger on that already. And I think, you know, if I'm Matthews, I'm not playing for free. I'm not going to come down here and play for a million dollars. So we'll see. I mean, sometimes, you know, the other thing I think the Bucks may be waiting on, remember, um, what was it, uh, a year or two ago, I mean, they – You'll see some cuts. You'll see some guys, some veteran players, you know, get cut. And remember, Carl Nassib came over uh, off waivers from the Cleveland Browns. And so a lot of times, you know, you can get a younger yet, um, you know, player that another organization has given up on to do one thing. And, and I think they're kind of waiting, if you will, to see who falls out of the trees because there will be guys, um, especially – especially as you see teams start to sign their rookies because right now the rookies' salaries don't count against the salary cap. Once those guys start getting signed, you have to make room on the roster. And um, maybe not from a you know numbers game. you got 90 players you can have, but you're going to have to create some salary space. And a lot of those veterans are going to get cut, and I think that's probably what they're waiting on. So I, I, for me, it's a no. Um, but it makes sense, right? I mean, he's the kind of guy you'd like to have. I, I just I haven't sensed that he's coming in here yet. Jeff asked, what other additions or cuts do you foresee the Bucks making? Any splashes? I, Cuts-wise, I don't think so. Um, you know, they've, they've, got, they've got some numbers in the secondary. I mean, when you draft, what has it been, seven, I think, defensive backs in the last two years? Um, we'll see. You know, does MJ Stewart have a job? I, I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, Jordan Whitehead looks good. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of safeties. They, they they still have needs though. They need interior defensive linemen still. Um, I don't I don't know any veterans though. I'm, I'm trying to think like, are there are there guys? I mean, if you're you know, if you're just talking about like, is Justin Watson going to get cut? Right. I mean, if you're talking about receivers or something like that. Maybe there'll be some names of guys that have been around for a while. Um, you know, we mentioned Darwe Agumbawale. If they were to, if they were to somehow 
have a young running back come in here and win a job. But yeah, I, I, you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, Bradley Pinion makes three million dollars a year. Is there a punter that they would, you know, could Matt Gay lose his job right because they're going to have competition for him in training camp? Isn't Steve Goskowski available? So. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, they, and Tom Brady's well, just bringing see, the whole crew. Why not? Uh, you could bring them all down here, as far as I'm concerned, and, and trade for Julian Edelman while you're at it. But um, you know, they they did sign a kicker, of course, that uh, was with Chicago for a brief time to compete with Matt Gay. There's always surprises, right? I, I can't point to one guy and say, "Boo, that guy's in trouble," like in the past. But uh, you know, I, I do know that there will be, you know, like any roster, there will be turnover. All right, you mentioned the defensive backs, and Ralph wrote, Love what we've done this offseason. However, Jason Light has drafted a safety four years in a row, all within the first four rounds. I like Winfield, and most experts say he will be productive, but why are we giving up on Jordan Whitehead and Mike Edwards so fast? Any updates on Justin Evans? Well, I I don't have an update on Justin Evans. The last one I got was that had they had OTAs, he wouldn't have been part of it. And there was some debate about training camp, too. Look, this guy... It's unfortunate, um, and I don't know the extent of his injuries, but it's to both feet, and, um, you know, he, he wasn't able to do it last year, and he had more surgeries in the off season this year. So it, it could be something that ends his career prematurely or at least doesn't bring him back in time enough to compete. As far as why so many safeties, well, they just didn't have any. I mean – you know, they tried to draft some young guys, and I think Whitehead, you know, has shown some uh, promise at, at strong safety. Uh, Edwards, you know, heard a lot about the Honey Badger last year, right? And then they drafted another Honey Badger this year, and um, you know, in Winfield. But I, I think that you know, Edwards didn't quite pan out, at least as in his first season. He had some chances to make plays, drop some interceptions, um, you know just uh just didn't didn't really take off right the way they hoped he would i mean at some point you want to see these guys like for example sean murphy bunting right horrible preseason his first game at pittsburgh was so bad and he came from central michigan not from say texas a&m like um you know like evans but um he was deer in the headlights and that's insulting the deer a bit so you know, but as he played more, he got better, and you saw the improvement. You saw him being a playmaker. You saw the confidence come back, and he was just into it. You know, and he was all over the field, and um, you know, he was in position to make plays. He was aggressive, and so they wanted to see that from Edwards, and I'm not sure they did. And Winfield, I think, just kind of you know popped up in the right space for him. I mean, had Evans had they had more confidence in Justin Evans, they would not have taken Winfield where they did, and yet I think it's a it's an opportunity to, to add a really, really good football player. His dad obviously was a great football player, um, but this guy made a ton of plays at Minnesota, and he can play anywhere. He he is that guy you can walk up into the box. You can blitz him. Um, he's got great range and recovery speed, So and he's a ball hawk. He catches the football very well. So I think, you know, they drafted a lot of defensive back, a lot of corners. Those guys don't grow on trees. I mean, I've always said, like, the league is a passing league, and you know when you can't hit these guys over the middle, when you can't really hold them, and you can't, you know, and the quarterbacks you can't touch them either. 
it's really difficult uh, to find guys that can cover these receivers. And most of them, at least in the NFC South, all seem to be about 6'4", 215 pounds, and run like a 4'25". So, you know, this division in the NFC South is loaded with those guys. So I think for that reason, they keep trying to draft defensive backs because you, you literally can't have enough. And if guys get hurt, you need guys that can step in. I mean, just look um, a year ago, starting of last year, you said, you know, Carlton Davis went through his whole rookie season, didn't have an interception. It's unheard of. And then even in the beginning of last year, he missed a game, um, started off kind of slow. But you know what? By the end of the year, him and Jamel Dean, who didn't play but three snaps, I think, before the Seattle game, they wound up with like the most passes defensed in the NFL, those two. Um, so, you, you know, you saw the improvement, and I think that's sort of what they were hoping for. You know, you draft these guys, you put them out there, and you let them go through the fire, and, um, you know, it, they'll fight their way through. And I think they've got some pretty good corners now with Murphy Bunning, with Dean, um, you know, with Carlton Davis. Um, so, and then I think the safeties, they're, they're adding a little depth too. I actually thought that they would add a veteran safety. I mean, they have Adams, right, that can still play. And he started a lot of games a year ago, so I guess he's that he's that veteran presence. But, you know, I, I don't think they have much faith in Justin Evans. I think that's a tell, you know, that um, one of the reasons why they took a safety was it was, he was a great player and they liked him a lot, and they, they're going to need him. They, they just don't know that Evans is going to make it back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Shay wrote us and said, Do you see Tristan Wirfs eventually replacing Donovan Smith at left tackle sometime in the next few seasons? Well, I mean, the easy answer is yes. Um, and, and I don't base that on anything that's wrong with Donovan Smith because for whatever reason, you know, the Bucks like him a hell of a lot more than their fans do. And I never really quite understood why there's, there's a, some people that don't, you know, think that Donovan um, is is all that at left tackle. I will I will just say this. He plays every damn down and he plays every game. And um, he plays against the best athletes in the NFL. Uh, and if you're going to talk about, you know, a team that threw the ball 600 times last year, okay, think about that. And he threw it 600 times almost, you know, for, for 5,109 yards. And Donovan Smith had a bad year by his standards. He did. He had a bad year. He gave up five sacks. Five. He played almost every snap, and he gave up five sacks out of 600. So that means, you know, 595 or you know almost 600 other times he was he was okay doesn't mean he didn't give up pressures or hits and those things because he did um was he the best run blocker no they they barely run to the left side um and if they do not very successfully but again you know you know what you're going to get from donovan smith he's going to hold up he's going to hold up and i think brady will help all those guys on the offensive line i i just think he's going to get the ball out if he sees it, if he sees Donovan Smith off the line of scrimmage get beat cleanly, 
the ball's coming out. He's not holding on to it. He'll live to play another down. I mean, Brady at this stage of his life and his career sees a lot, and if he and, and he's not going to take hits back there. So I think Donovan will have to block a little longer, have to stay with his guy, um, and and I think you'll see a lot of effort because everybody knows that that's the franchise behind them. But Worfs has a left tackle body. He has left tackle athleticism, um, and he's played left tackle. Uh, I think they're going to start him on the right side, obviously, because that's where they have the biggest need, and the goal is to get your best five offensive linemen on the field. And that's what they're going to do, and Worfs will be part of that. But, you know, Donovan Smith, I think, has one more year. They did a three-year extension with him last season. So after this year, I think he has one more season. Does he get a third contract? I don't know. You know, we'll see what his health is. We'll see how well he plays. We'll see what they do with Brady at quarterback. And all that will help determine it. But I think Worfs is one of those guys that there's, you know, his his floor is, is not very low, but his ceiling is still really, really high. And I think Wirfs is one of those guys you say, yeah, he could play 10 years and make three or four Pro Bowls. So, um, and he has that ability to move. It's not a big deal for him to play left tackle. In fact, he's a little bit better suited at that, maybe from a size standpoint and just a technique. So uh, I, I could see him eventually being the left tackle. But, you know, it just depends on, on what happens and what the salary cap is and how much money, because you can't pay everybody, you know. Worfs is going to be under his rookie deal for at least five more years, you know, four more, five years total um, with the fifth year option. So that's not going to be the case with Donovan Smith. And somehow you get a, you know, you got Ali Marpet that you just paid. Um, you know, Ryan Jensen didn't, you know, cost you a little bit of money. So you only pay so many guys. All right. Carl asked, assuming Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are on the stadium pictures, even though they haven't played it down yet, who are the other two that would go up this season? Well, you know, last year they doubled up a little bit. Like, they, they had kind of the old and the young thing going. I think they may stay with that. Like, you had – I think Devin White was part of Levante David's poster in one mm-hmm. corner. Mm-hmm. And I think you had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin perhaps in one. So, I mean, I could see some of that, you know, um, whether it's Gronk and OJ. I, I don't know. Maybe it's Ronald Jones and, uh, you know, they go with Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 you, can, you can double up. If you're just asking me who the premier guys, Shaq Barrett's got to be up there. I was going to say Shaq. I mean, you led the yeah. NFL in sacks last yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's one thing you didn't get nominated for Defensive Player of the Year. The least you can do is put him on the damn stadium. He did, <laughs> he did uh, win the sack race. So I think, I think Shaq deserves a, a corner. Uh, wherever, wherever Gerald McCoy was, uh, you know, two years ago, that's where Shaq well, should go. Maybe you put the whole, J- maybe you put that whole crew of you know, and and Sue, JPP, and Shaq Sue, Barrett all together. What about know? hey? What about yeah? And what Vita about Vea, the, what, I was going to say, what about Via Vea is a yeah. pretty big player too now. Put the four of them so, in, in one poster in one corner, and that you know, they were number one. Yeah. Were they number one against the run last year? I knew they were from number most one of the against yeah. the run. No, they finished. They were by far. Uh, I think teams averaged less than sixty yards, and you start r- reeling off the running backs, McCaffrey twice, and. Gurley and, and and they'll face mm-hmm. both those guys twice this year. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good thing to do. You could shoulder to shoulder them in one corner. Um, so it's, there's a lot of candidates, you know, obviously, but you know the, the usual suspects. I mean, Evans, Godwin, um, you know, uh, certainly Gronkowski, Brady. Brady should stand alone. It should just be Brady on all four corners. That's what I would do. <laughs> well, he is the you franchise I mean? changer, or is he? Because, well, he's he's the north, the south, the east, and the west of this franchise, you know? 
He is. He's the whole thing, babe. Well, speaking of that. He's the four corners. Yeah. Chris asked, can Tom Brady go into the Bucks Ring of Honor this year? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, he's going to be their Hall of Famer, isn't he? He'll be Tom Brady will be their next first ballot Hall of Fame player. Period. I mean, that's that goes without saying. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd put him in there. I mean, that, that's how that's what they're expecting, man. They're expecting they're expecting chips and not the ship in the in the uh, south end zone. They're or north end zone. They're expecting championships from Tom Brady. So, if he won a Super Bowl or two. <laughs> There'd be oh, a movement for that. You want a Super Bowl or two, absolutely. I mean, that, that, yeah. that changes everything. <laughs> it does. I mean, you know, had the Bucks yeah, won a second Super Bowl with that defense. Right. I mean, John Lynch is in already. Sure. Sure he is. Rondé Barber that's the gets in quick. Barber would I mean, probably you know, be in there, I mean, yeah. You know, that defense, if, you, if they had won two, two Super Bowls with that defense, more players are in the hall at this point. I would agree. And and I still think that they should get at least one and probably two. And it's mm-hmm. difficult for me to 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 make the delineation between Lynch and Barber. Um, Barber's in some ways an easier argument in some ways, and yet I would still say that I think in Tampa this next year in twenty twenty one when they play whenever they play the Super Bowl February March April you name it, mm-hmm. um, I think that there'll be. I think John Lynch is going in the Hall of Fame this year. I do. He came within, I think, maybe one vote, and um, he probably got robbed, from what I understand, uh, last year a little bit. I mean, uh, Troy Palomalo went in, uh, but then it was um, the Denver safety, Steve Atwater, that edged him and edged him by the slimmest, I'm told, of margins. And, um, you know, the fact that John also played in Denver and made four Pro Bowls there, I think the Denver people were like, hey, before Lynch goes in, even though he's been a finalist, if he gets a finalist next year, and he should be, it'll be his eighth, I think it's his seventh or eighth year as a finalist, which means you're one of the, the, the 15 that they vote on every year. And you're in like Art Monk territory. I mean, everybody goes in if they've been in that room, debated on that many years. They get in the Hall of Fame like 98% of the time. So I really hope, you know, writers like a good story. and. Mm-hmm. Even though there's been a bunch of safeties over the last few years, a good story would be John Lynch uh, going in, you know, in, in in Tampa. Of course, it would have been a good story last year as the GM of the of the 49ers in the Super Bowl too, and they didn't give a damn about that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, what the hell do I know? But uh, but yeah, I I think they should get at least two more. And I'll tell you what, for my money, if you want to look at this, the numbers, if you're just looking at numbers, you know, and you're right, they only won one Super Bowl, but Go check out what Simeon Rice did while he was here, mm-hmm. or for his career for them. And the guy averaged ten sacks a year his entire career, mm-hmm. and he really helped this this team go to another level. Um, so, I, and, and I think he's a Ring of Honor guy. Of course, this year, Monty Kiffin, uh, the defensive coordinator, which is a great honor for him, is going into the ring. So that'll be fun. All right, a question asked. Have we heard anything about fans and attendance at Raymond James this season? Will season ticket holders be guaranteed in the stadium? I haven't heard about fans. The plan is to play with fans. The NFL will tell you that. Um, they're also pragmatists and know that they're, you know, that's why we talked about the piping in crowd noise the other day um, because they know that they may, they may play the games without fans. I, I, I know they have every intention of playing, and I know that, they, that the idea is to put fans. Now, there has been some, some, some things put forward, like by Stephen Ross with the Dolphins, 
and now Goodell has put the kibosh on any talk about this, but you know he says he can safely put in fifteen thousand fans um, with separate entrances and 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 have the social distancing that they would all feel comfortable with. Although, you know, let's be honest. I mean, even at fifteen thousand, there's common areas and concessions and restrooms and things. I don't know how you do it. Um, count, you know, the well, walkways, the, concession, the, the concessions. I think with that few there, you could have, you know, at seat concessions where they come to yeah, you. Yeah, club seat type thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're only talking 15, 20, you know, 10, 15,000 in the stadium, I think at that point they you could staff it ushers, to where yeah. they're coming to you. It's The bathrooms are, do become a concern. Right, right. And and so I, I don't know that every season ticket holder, will, if they have fans, will be, hey, come on. Because clearly this has been a robust year of ticket sales. And the only thing you can go on Ticketmaster and buy right now, by the way, is in a 300 section, the top level. Uh, now, some of that is because, and we talked about this before, but the Bucks are holding back some group sales um, that they have needed in the past and are going to try to take care of some of those people. And also, you know, they have variable seating prices. So if, in fact, they ever do um, offer single game tickets, uh, there's a bigger profit margin in some of these matchups like, say, the Kansas City Chiefs and others um, that come to Raymond James, Green Bay, um, that, that you know, there's, there's revenue there because you can, you can you know, charge more for those games. Um, but, you know, I, I've, I've often wondered about this. Like, do you say our highest-paying customers are going to get the opportunity? If I own a Sky Suite or I have tickets to us, I have a 16-person Sky Suite, right? And I have my own restroom in the Sky Suite, and I can contain who's in there, right? They're my family, my company, whatever. I'm choosing who goes. Isn't that easier than putting somebody next to a bunch of people in the 300 level? I mean, in terms of just, you know, um, separation and accountability and, oh, yeah, they pay the most money. So I'm almost anticipating, like, you know, if they limited it, it would be – the folks in the club sections where they have bigger common areas or the sky suites where they can actually partition them off. But I don't know anything. And I, and to be honest with you, anybody tells you they do, they're lying. They're just planning contingencies. And I know people are, I did see what the NFL said that um, they're going to make sure that if there are games without fans, or in this case, maybe limited fans, those that have purchased tickets and can't go will get their money back. And if they don't get their money back, they'll apply it to 2021. So um, one way or the other, you're going to be taken care of. But um, I, I wouldn't be real confident if, say, you know, I got a ticket in the 300 level that when they let fans in, because I'm a season pass holder, I'll automatically get to go. It's just not going to be that way. All right, we'll switch gears a little bit. And Craig in Vegas asked, if the MLBPA and the owners can't come up with a deal, and Major League Baseball does not play this summer, could this be the end of baseball's America's pastime? How many teams could you see filing bankruptcy, or will this lead to con- a tr- contraction of teams? I haven't thought about it. I think I think it would be difficult for a lot of teams, you know, including the one here in Tampa Bay. Um, no revenue for a year, no TV revenue. Uh, I, it could definitely hurt baseball. It could hurt. I'm not sure baseball is any longer the America's pastime. They call it that, obviously, but. Um, if these guys can't work this out with what's going, now I'm not. I'm talking about if it's safe, right? Like, I mean, that's the first thing they're discussing already. 
assuming that they can find a way where the players feel safe. Well, I, th- I think in this in this safe. in this term in this question, I'm assuming they're meaning other sports are back, baseball's not. Yeah, if baseball doesn't come back and the others do, it'll 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 kill the, it'll not kill but hurt the sport to the degree um, that yeah, it, it it won't be considered anybody's pastime in my opinion. And I don't know what happens if they contract teams or teams just drop out. There's all kinds of implications uh, for baseball if, if they don't get this together. And for that reason, I think they will. But, um, yeah, implied in the question is, boy, how much will they damage their sport? I think it's incalculable. I don't I don't know how much, but it would be a whole hell of a lot. And, you know, there's not going to be revenue to pay some of these players, and some of these teams will be in a real bad way. And, you know, I mean, they'll kill the goose the golden egg here i mean i i don't know how this doesn't work out but if it if it, if they don't you know it was one thing when they had to strike and they didn't finish that one season and there was no world series that was a that was a tragedy mm-hmm. 95 um, and some 95 and somehow they survived that although i'm not sure why but i think it damaged them or 94 and, i believe 94 actually but nine, yeah 94 that's right and and so this would just be uh, under under the umbrella of you know, twenty-five to thirty percent unemployment in the real world. Yeah, this that that would be that might be a death knell for baseball, a really sad black dark chap- chapter for them at, at minimum. Hey, some great questions as usual from you guys. Hope you enjoyed the mailbag and the podcast all week long, Monday through Friday. We're here every week. Hey, remember uh, tomorrow night now if you want to watch a little hockey, Game Seven of the two thousand and three two thousand and four Stanley Cup Finals between the Lightning and Calgary. Uh, I can bet you remember who won that one. And if you missed, uh, that game, by the way, is um, – what time is that on? It's, 7.30 uh, 730. on Fox Sports yeah. Sun, Saturday night. But it, but if you want to watch game six, if you missed that from the other day, you can watch it right before it at 4.30. 4.30 it starts on Fox Sports Sun. Yeah, so that'll be cool. So, yeah, a little lightning doubleheader there for you if uh, if you'd like to watch those two games. But certainly the, the final, the championship, one of the few world championships in Tampa Bay sports history is going to be played – tomorrow night so hope you enjoyed the podcast uh we'll be back on monday for steve versnick i'm rick stroud of the tampa bay times have a great weekend everybody mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.